everybody, welcome or welcome back to BNB Anime. I am Blue, that is Brad. Today we almost got through it. It happened again, yay! It did. it did! Today we are going to be discussing ReZero Season 2 Part 2. But before we get into that, how you doing? I'm doing well. My arm is a bit sore. I got my first dose of the COVID vaccine today. Mm-hmm. How you feeling? A uh, bit drowsy, bit mm-hmm. sore, otherwise A-OK. Good, that's good. But yeah, Armasaur, I leaned up against the door at work and I was like, oh, I about wanted to put my arm straight through the drywall. It hurt so bad. Mm, that's no fun. But thankfully, it seems that I've had the least worst of the side effects of people that I know. So I'm not complaining. Yeah, uh, one of my dad's co-workers got her vaccine yesterday and was off sick today. However, I will also say that she has the weekend off, so it could just be a quinky dink. I mean, who doesn't want a long weekend, uh, right? right? I mean, I don't blame her at all to be like, well, no. <laughs> it's it's a a very usable excuse. Mm-hmm. I feel like we all have those those days where we're just like, nah, it's not happening today. Oh, yeah. Like, I have three and a half weeks of vacation this year, and I'm considering, like, if I ever just get fed up, I'm just going <laughs> to just call in and be like, hey, I'm not coming in. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. Yeah, that's what my dad's doing this summer. He's uh, already, like, planned out his weeks. Because he's salary, right? So it mm-hmm. doesn't really matter when he takes his time off or whatever. So he he's planned out, like, a, a good couple of weeks. And he's just like, yeah, I'm taking some time. I'm going to get in the van, take the dogs. We're going to the mountains. I'll see you when I come back. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yep. dad. Can't Can't say I blame him on that. No, no, not at all. But other than that, so my anxiety has been very high for the past week two weeks something like that Mm, snap (laughs) so i know that you know and i talked about it on last week's podcast but i've been taking part of a gta rp server yes which for anyone that is interested if you want to play with us just download 5m if you own a copy of gta 5 download 5m and search echelon rp it's a lot of fun anyone's welcome to join please feel free to join us It's been an absolute blast, but as I told you last week, I am the leader of the Russian mob. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we are currently under full investigation by their criminal investigation division. Interesting. So I have cops constantly sitting outside of my house and just watching my every move. Fun. The shenanigans are aplenty, so my anxiety is high. Whenever I see cops in real life now, I can immediately (laughs) feel my heart skip a beat. That's really funny. But it's been, oh, it's been such a blast. That's what I've literally spent all of my free time where I haven't been watching anime doing. I've been staying up way too late. I haven't even been watching my weeklies because Farewell, My Dear Kramer came out this week. And I haven't even watched the first episode. I'm so upset with myself. (laughs) Have you progressed any more in um, your lay in April? Yes, I have. I think I'm like on episode seven right now. Mm -hmm. Which is almost an episode a day, so look at me go. Look at you. Which honestly isn't a bad way to watch your line April, like just watch an episode a day. I've seen some TikTokers that have been doing that, and they've talked about like their journey in each episode, like day Mm -hmm. by day. Mm -hmm. Like that's a that's a cool way to look at it. Also, apparently, it's a bigger trend than I thought of people to rewatch your line April in April. I thought it was just me, but no, there are a lot of people that do that. Yeah, I have some weird movies that I watch during weird times of the year. You know how there's, Mm -hmm. like, that debate about Die Hard as to whether or not it's a Christmas film? Yes. 
I have a few others that are like, they're a Christmas film to me, but they shouldn't be because they're not. I mean, Harry Potter's a Christmas film for me. Yeah, same. Harry Potter the Philosopher's Stone specifically is a Christmas film. Mm-hmm. Like, usually every year around Christmas, like, we'll binge all the films. I think yeah. a lot of that has to do with ABC here has, like, their 25 Days of Christmas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's always included in the films that are on there. So I think that's why it's almost become a Christmas tradition. Yeah. Yeah, I always watch Seven Brides for Seven Brothers as well, which is a musical. I always watch that at Christmas, too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, I think it was made very early colour, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's it's a musical, it's, uh, about, I don't know, if you, have you heard of it before? I have heard of it. I feel yeah. like you and I have discussed it before, you've talked about it on stream, I just feel like yeah, you and I have had the discussion before. Yeah, I, well, I was a huge musical theatre nerd growing up. What? You know. <laughs> Who would have known? Who would have thought about that? No, no one would have known. Uh, but Seven Brides for Seven Brothers has always been one of my favorites. I don't know why. It's just, I mean, there is, my, I have a namesake in the film. And when I was really young, that made me so happy. <laughs> you know, whenever you hear your own name in media and you're like, oh my God, it's me. No, no? honestly, no. Mainly because my name is Bradley. I live in Bradley County. Mm-hmm. I've gotten that shit my whole life. Yeah. Not, not only that, so... I just got my yearly performance appraisal back at work, right? Mm-hmm. I have been working with this boss for a year. He knows how to spell my name. Oh, no. On my professional performance appraisal, he misspelled my name. <laughs> Was it L-E-Y? Yes. I am so upset. No, honestly, I know how you feel because I... So my birth name is Hannah. I go by Blue, but my birth name is Hannah. And mm-hmm. that's not for Brad Brandos. That's for you guys at home who are listening that might not know. <laughs> Excuse me? Your name isn't Blue? What? Right? I did not know this. <laughs> Mine's spelt like the Bible version, H-A-N-N-A-H. Uh-huh. The proper way. The proper way. That's, that's what I always say. It's, it's the proper way. It's the old version. Although I do make exceptions for H-A-N-A because it's the Japanese version and is probably just as old, if not older, than my spelling. So I let it be. Mm-hmm. But the amount of times where I've been, like, at a doctor's or, like, I don't know, something really professional or something really, like, important, and they misspell my name, they miss the H off the end, or they spell it with one N. Who spells it with one N in the Western world? I, excuse me? Yeah. (laughs) But then again, the way people name their children, it just, it surprises me. It's a Bible name. (laughs) I feel like my spelling should be default. (laughs) Oh, I don't. I don't get it. You know, speaking of Christmas, Uh um, one thing that I always found really bizarre about a difference between the UK and North America is Mm -hmm. Santa Claus. Oh. Because I always knew him growing up as Father Christmas. Uh Uh-huh. Which in French is Papa Noel, which is what they use. So Mm -hmm. I feel like Santa Claus just got made up somewhere and I don't know where it came from. (laughs) Mate, half of the English language is made up bullshit. It must be like... Klaus? Like German? Maybe. Not only that, but it's St. Nicholas. So (laughs) where does... I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe Santa means saint. Maybe, or... And then Klaus is like an abbreviation for Nicholas. Or maybe Maybe. I'm just talking out of my ass, you know? I mean, that's like half of the shit we do on this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you're not feeling too bad from your vaccine. I feel like we had a... A thing that we were talking about that I've forgotten about, but whatever. Uh, 
I don't know. Anyway, how's your week been? My week's been pretty weird. Oh? So I went snowboarding this week. That was one thing I did. Did you wear your brace? No, I didn't. (laughs) Damn it, Blue. I know. I didn't fall over, though. I did, but, like, only once. And it was on my bum, so it was fine. Fine. But yeah, I uh, we went snowboarding. It was really, really horrible. We're getting to the time of year now where if you're at like the wrong slope, so you're there at the wrong time, it's mm-hmm. horrible. It's not nice. And so we went there and, and the first run, we got to the slopes and it was like a centimeter of a little bit of powder, like a tiniest, like a sprinkling of powder mm-hmm. and then sheet ice underneath. Oh, shit. It was not good conditions whatsoever. And it was so heavily cloudy that I had switched my goggles to my yellow lens. Because, like, if you have... You know this is a painter, I'd assume. Like, if you have different tints, Mm -hmm. you can see different stuff. Yes. So, with snowboarding, if it's really cloudy, you want to use a yellow lens because it helps you see all the grooves in the snow. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it can just, like, you can get, like, snow blindness and you can't see nothing. And so I'd switched before we went to my yellow lens. And even with my yellow lens, I couldn't see anything. It was so heavily cloudy. So me and my dad were like, okay, is this going to be one of those days where we drive out here for like three hours to get to the slopes and we do like two runs and go home because the conditions are so bad. And um, so we're like, okay, well, we're just going to stop for an early lunch because I hadn't actually eaten breakfast, which is not good. You should eat breakfast, especially if you're going sporting. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, and so we stopped for lunch and we sit outside and it starts snowing and we're like, OK, well, hopefully we'll get some more powder. And, and the clouds were so thick. And then by the time we got back on the chairlift and got all the way up to the mountain, it had probably been about a half hour, 20 minutes to eat, 10 minutes back on the chairlift. We got to the top of the mountain and the clouds had just turned into like puffballs of snow <laughs> and it just started really, really snowing, like really thick flakes. Ooh. And so that second run ended up being so much better. So we were like, okay, now we just have to wait for the bottom of the mountain to get snowy as well, because obviously the clouds are still only on the top. And we're like, hopefully it comes down, or is at least like as people ski and snow down, snowboard down, some of the, the powder gets like moved around at least, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because the top of the mountain was really, really nice. And we're like, it kind of makes it worth it to go up again just for the top of the mountain. Even though the bottom half is so, like, treacherous. Mm-hmm. And so we went up again. And by this point, going up the chairlift again, another ten minutes onto the journey, <laughs> um, the clouds had moved further down. The clouds on the top had gotten even thicker. And the ones that were there were now, like, mid-mountain. Mm-hmm. And the more that we went up and up and up, the more the clouds just got thicker and thicker and thicker. To the point where we were, like... I, the visibility was awful, but the snow was so good that it got to the point where you... Like, the reason why in the first run I needed the visibility was to spot the icy patches, right? <laughs> where it's, like, sheet ice. Mm-hmm. But uh, by the time we got up there, like, run three and four and stuff, it, the snow was so good you didn't need to be able to see. Huh. Yeah. I ended up having a really good time. It, but it started off being such a miserable day. That's awesome. I'm glad it ended up working out for you, because yeah. I'd hate for that trip to have turned out poorly. Yeah, yeah. And then... Out here in the prairies, because obviously I'm, I'm a little ways out from the mountains, um, our uh, prairies are starting to green up here, which is nice. Ooh, that is nice. Mm-hmm. We've been getting 80 degree days, so it's been very nice. I got sunburnt last weekend, so that was fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> I hate sunburn. Do you burn a lot? So typically on like the first day of spring or whenever it starts to get really warm, I'll go outside for a really long time, get absolutely burnt, then I tan up and then I stay fine. The only exception to this is the top of my head, because I keep my hair short. Mm-hmm. Top of my head does not tan. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it burns easily. Yeah, my dad always has that problem, so he wears this hat that he got from Australia. See, I just, I fucking hate hats. Yeah. And it's weird, because I used to love hats mm. back whenever I had hair. Now that I'm bald, I hate hats. <laughs> and I'm bald by choice, because yeah. I don't like to let my hair grow out, because my eczema sucks if my hair grows out. Yeah, my brother has that Which is also an oxymoron, issue. because mm-hmm. my eczema on my face. But I would much rather have a beard, because if I shave my beard, for one, my head and face looks weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't picture you without a... I mean, I just looked at a picture of you without a beard, but, like, it doesn't look like you. It's not you. Uh, right (laughs) it's like i was thinking about it the other day i was like when was the last time i saw my brother's chin and i was like probably when he was like 13 they're like i have i have no intentions of ever revealing my chin ever again like that was a freak accident because that was a sneeze that just blindsided me because i was trying to trim up the bits that like start growing over towards my nose Mm -hmm. so it doesn't go in line with my actual beard Mm -hmm. And so I was just trying to, I had the guard off of my shavers, and I was just barely trying to get at it. And then the sneeze just came out of nowhere before I even had time to react. Mm-hmm. And so my head jerked, and so it just went, Burr. I was like, no. Yeah. No, I get how easy it is, though. I have a couple scars on my ankles from, like, being an idiot in the shower. Yeah. It's so easy. So easy. Exactly. Yeah, what else did I do this week? can't think of anything. I, feel, I can't, literally, my mind just went, you've done nothing. I mean, that's how I felt until I realized that my nothing has been playing RP until like four or five in the morning. Mm-hmm. I've been keeping up with a lot of social media drama recently. Oh. I say drama. It's not really drama. A lot of it is like some serious allegations and accusations that are going around. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like three, I think right now, <laughs> the tally, uh, is, is it about three influencers who have been accused of really intense triggering stuff. Oh, uh, what's his fucking name? Uh, David Dobrik, mm-hmm. right? David Dobrik is a facilitator of such triggering stuff. I'm being careful with my words here because I don't obviously want to, like, trigger anybody. But yeah, so so David Dobrik was, um, like, he had the vlog squad. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever watched his content. It wasn't really my cup of tea. I watched a few videos when he first got, like, big on YouTube because I used to watch his occasional vines, you know, when you're just scrolling through your feed. Yeah. And so I checked him out when he started making content on YouTube, but I never really got into, I don't think, any viners. I never really started watching. Except maybe, like, um, Daddy Gonzalez or Drew Gooden. Like, those guys who made the stupid puns. Um, Drew Gooden's the guy who did Roadwork Ahead. I sure hope it does. That <laughs> vine, you know? <laughs> Remember that one? No, I never saw it, but no? that that's, like, my kind of comedy. Yeah, yeah, those two are great. So I used to watch them on Vine, and I still watch them on YouTube to this day. And they're the just... only reason I know who David Dobrik is is because Walker's wife would talk about him all the time and how she wanted some of his merch. But she didn't want any merch. She just wanted the hoodie that said merch on it. I see. She's like me. She's like me. She's She wants to, like, I want, I've always wanted one of those t-shirts in the window that just says sale on it. Yeah, or not only that, but have you and I talked about Deku's t-shirt in My Hero Academia or just his clothes in general? 
No, I don't think we have. So his shirt literally just says what he is wearing. Like his t-shirt with the hiragana on it is yeah. literally just hiragana for t-shirt. That's really funny. Like, Isn't I'm the kind of person, I would katakana? buy that. I would wear that. Do what? I feel like t-shirts normally written in katakana. I, I don't understand the difference. My Japanese is shit. Uh, so, uh, katakana is, like, foreign words written in Japanese, usually. It, it, there's a couple other things. But, like, yeah, that's what it is. So, it's like, um, your name would be written in katakana. Yeah. Again, it's just one of those things to where uh, every time I've seen it, and, like, even seen it mentioned in the manga... It never, like, states what it is. It just says what it is in Japanese. To where I'm just like, huh, interesting. Yeah. Um, By the way, my hero has started up and it's so good. Is it? Good, I'm glad. Oh, I'm loving it so much. But yeah, so David Dobrik had the vlog squad. One of the members of the vlog squad did very bad things to a drunk girl. And it was covered up for, like, three years. And even Mm -hmm. though, like, David knew about it, there's evidence that he knew about it. Allegedly. I'm going to check on allegedly on all of this because this is just me reporting what was written in an article by Insider and like stuff that has come out on YouTube and stuff, you know. But yeah, so then that's all happened and he's been cancelled by like everybody for that. Um, he posted two different apology videos and the actual offender has been pretty quiet. Uh, he posted a video before the article came out, but it didn't have anything to do with the article itself. So, yeah, it's a whole mess. The whole situation's a mess. Mm-hmm. But then there's also um, allegations against Jake Paul of a similar nature that have just come out very recently. I think as of the day of recording or day before recording this podcast um, mm-hmm. from a young TikToker. And then James Charles has also had, he has admitted to his allegations, uh, both on Twitter and in an apology video on YouTube. His, however, involve sexting, basically, minors. So, Mm. they're all three really fun sets of lovely allegations that we really should, uh, it's it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. So yeah, that's been taking up a lot of my time. (laughs) I say that that sounds like a whole mess. Holy shit! Yeah, I just can't believe. I I feel like I understand why it's all coming out at once because I feel like um, victims especially feel a lot more comfortable when somebody else has been praised for coming forward with their stories. Mm-hmm. It takes off some of the edge of the nerves. I feel like and allows a more of a cushioning for when somebody is able to come forward. Mm-hmm. Well. Regardless, I hope justice is got for, That's, you know. Yeah, I do know that in some cases people aren't pressing charges because of the publicity of the case. That's something that like has to be taken into account is that these people are private people that are dealing with celebrities, internet celebrities, but still celebrities. And mm-hmm. if they go to court or whatever they, they choose to do, there's a high chance that it's going to be very, very, very publicized. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, for instance, the article written by Insider from the one girl was, they gave her, like, pseudonym, pseudo, pseudonames? Pseudo, alias. They gave her an alias. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah, it's, it's something that has to be, has to be taken into account. But those, the allegations are very serious on all three accounts. And mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's just upsetting that this is still happening in circles where people are being celebrated, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're putting these people, we're giving these people a platform. If, if we didn't watch their videos as a society, 
they wouldn't have a platform. Not only that, but it's the videos that come about from stuff like this, like the apology videos and everything else, that garner so much more attention than normal. So the reason they post them is just to gain that much more revenue and publicity out of it. Yeah. And, and like it's such a shitty situation and shitty thing to do. Yeah. And uh, there was a, a few years ago, there was a YouTuber by the name of Austin Jones who actually was arrested, tried, and charged with very, very, very similar situational things to what James Charles is currently being exposed for. Mm -hmm. But the difference between the two of them, I feel like, is that James Charles did his on Snapchat. And obviously with Snapchat, a lot of stuff gets deleted very quickly. Mm -hmm. And yes. if you screenshot it, the other person knows. Mm -hmm. So the evidence is so much smaller on their behalf, unless the company of Snapchat has some kind of backup storage with, you know, hard drives of evidence somewhere that they can they can give. But even then, like, I don't know how long they would hold that evidence for. Some of these allegations are years old. And I don't mm -hmm. feel like Snapchat would be keeping years of data stored somewhere that that would take an astronomical amount of storage for the amount of people that use snapchat mm -hmm. but yeah austin jones got 10 years for what he did and i feel and if he's admitted to it then i guess it's just a matter of time before that actually makes it to court uh, yeah well i don't know see this is the thing is that like if if the parents of the accusers decide not to press charges for whatever reason. Well, I think there's a statute of limitations, if my knowledge of the criminal justice system, depending on where it is. Mm -hmm. Or there is a statute that can be followed that if it's outside of a certain age range, then the parents have no choice. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm debating on it being right now. Like, that's that's what I'm thinking is, like, is it going to be taken out of out of their hands? Is it just going to become a federal case? And that's it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it's all Which, if it is, I mean, I'm going to hate it for the victim and their family if they wanted no part of it. However, if it gets to a certain point and it is admitted and names are dropped, then there's no way around it. Yeah, I do hope... I know that the... Obviously, a lot of the boys that have been coming forward with their videos, they do have their names out there already because of the fact that they have come forth with their stories. Mm -hmm. um, but I do hope that if it does go to court that court, the court does its best to keep private information redacted from the mm -hmm. public documents. I know that they, they do their best with that, but obviously internet sleuths are a whole different brand, so. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just hopefully the victims are safe and justice is served for those who, you know, deserve it. Yeah, yeah, I... I don't know. The situation is very messy. It's very complicated. But I have been learning a lot more about reading body language um, uh, this week as well because of it. Because mm -hmm. there's this YouTuber. He does, like, all of the body language videos, though. So if you just search him up on YouTube, like, body language determiner or whatever, I don't know. He'll pop up. Observe, I think that's his channel name. Something like that. But he has been doing readings of uh, readings yeah i guess he's reading people's body language it makes him sound like a tarot card reader though <laughs> of these guys like apology videos and of like other things on on in media he'll like watch mm -hmm. them and and talk about their body language and like 70 to 80 percent accuracy or something he's like that's the science is it's around that and uh and it's really really interesting how, how he talks about like the micro expressions the the way that he interprets like disgust and anger and 
and shame and all of these in like the visual interpretations and it makes you realize how how much you do subconsciously Mm -hmm. just like yeah we had a criminal psychologist come in and talk to us in our criminal justice one class in high school Mm -hmm. And what we did was it was law enforcement week. So we had like different individuals from different branches of law enforcement come in and we would all like sit in a circle around them and they would talk to us all and go over things. And what he did was with all of us in the circle, he would roll up to each of us and we would all hold out our palms and he would give us like he would look at our hands and tell us like his readings about us and the accuracy on that was just astronomical Hmm. like it was phenomenal to watch also hilarious for the way that he called some people out Hmm. but it was it's interesting just to see like how much they're able to tell even from just looking at our hands yeah let alone like the rest of the body language that people give off whenever they speak and what they do yeah well i mean there are simple things that you can just look at your own body that tells you a lot about yourself for instance like i have a dent on the middle finger of my right hand next to my nail because of my anxiety because that's how hard i grip a pen it's always been how hard i've gripped a pen to the point where i have indented in the bone of my finger a a pen slot Hmm. and um uh, and it's been there for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, that's it's just one of those things. I've always gripped a pen so hard that uh, that it it's left a dent in the bone. And I feel like that's why you remember when the what was it daytime TV? I don't know what it was. Like the 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 show Bones was really popular about anthropology. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching a few episodes of that every now and again, and I always found that interesting about like. You can tell so much about a person just via their skeleton. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of that was real, obviously, because it's a show. But I do, like, some of it made a lot of logical sense to me, whether or not it was embellished. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. That kind of stuff's cool. Oh, I went to the dentist this week. Oh, again? No, that was last week. That was last week. Then, no, I didn't. I I went to the dentist last week. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you went to the dentist two weeks in a row? No. What? <laughs> oh my god, I used to have to do that with braces. No thanks. Yeah, no, no, no. Because I think it was like the first month or two that I had braces. I had to go back like once a week for them to check shit. And I was like, fuck that, man. Yeah, I had spaces put in in my back molars. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just like little tiny purple plastic circles. Mm -hmm. And they just shove them in between your teeth. And they did that so that they could then cap my teeth with like these, like a grill, basically, but a single tooth grill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that then they could... They could set the bars in my teeth for my jaw reconstruction. Mm-hmm. That was the most painful part. Out of all of the braces that I've had, everything that I did, they literally moved my bottom jaw and expanded my top jaw with giant metal bars. And mm. the most painful part was them bloody spaces. Oh, I don't, I don't doubt it. Oh, it that just sounds painful, like forcefully moving teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, and I had to go back in. Um, because they used to slide out. Because it's just, all it is is them shoving a thing in between your two teeth. They don't glue them down or anything, because they're only there to to make enough of a gap so that they can then put this cap on, right? Yeah, it's just temporary. Mm-hmm. So they don't they don't put anything there to, to do. So of course you eat, and you brush your teeth, and they just come out. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go back in and get them shoved back in again until your teeth have moved enough for them <laughs> to be able to fit the thing on. Anyway, yeah. Uh, we went on a, so. <laughs> a tangent. We we did. So do you wanna you wanna get into some news? Let's get into some news. 
So, on the topic of lawsuits, court, all that fun stuff. So, do you remember the lawsuit we talked about on, or about Funimation uh, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago, yeah, some yeah, shit like with that? The, um, uh, the visually impaired, like, inaccessible store, right? It's not... Yeah, so with the Crunchyroll store not being accessible for visually impaired people, so that has officially reached a settlement. Mm. So there have been no details revealed Mm -hmm. because no one has released any information on it. However, it has officially been settled outside of court. However, Funimation has declined any comment and no other info has come out about it. But it has been settled, so as far as what's going to happen, I don't know. Mm. I would assume... Or what steps are going to be taken. Yeah. I would I would assume, or at least hope, that part of the settlement would be that they would then make the store accessible. I mean, hopefully yeah. so. Um, do you know if it was a, a private suit, or if it was like a company? Uh, I'm not sure. It was a class action lawsuit, mm. so I'm assuming that's like a public thing that anyone could have jumped on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully we start to see more accessibility all over websites and internet stuff in general. It's one of, it's a huge thing that I am campaigning for. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I really, I think it's important for, I mean, like the amount of times that you're watching a YouTube video and then you see someone in the comments that's like epilepsy warning for, you know, and they timestamp it or whatever, flashing lights mm-hmm. at a timestamp. And it's just like, it shouldn't be... For YouTube videos, it's different because obviously it's a private creator that's uploading it and they might just be one person and they don't know what specifically counts as flashing lights and what doesn't, you know? Mm -hmm. But like for companies to do that kind of thing, it shouldn't be up to individual people to call them out on it. It should be something that is done just because it's done, you know? Like emergency exits Mm -hmm. in, in buildings where there's fire escapes. It should be that kind of like, it's just done. It's safety. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like the stuff that came out about CD Projekt Red about them not having a big enough epilepsy warning Yeah, with Cyberpunk 2077, and that's all that game is, is a walking epilepsy yeah. issue. Yeah. So I definitely hope that things slowly become more, you know, accessible to people, or there are warnings against whether it is or isn't accessible in a much more kind of blatant manner. Yeah, 100%. And so, exciting news about E3 this year. Mm-hmm. So E3 is going to be an entirely virtual event. However, this year it's going to be free for everyone to attend. Ooh, that is super exciting. So Nintendo and Microsoft are among the people that have events set up for it. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. The dates are going to be June 12th through the 15th. So I'm looking forward to seeing what announcements that we're going to get out of it. I'm assuming the Switch Pro or the updated like screen size Switch is going to be announced here mm-hmm. since the patent has already been filed and everything. And it's been, I think, slated to be released in the holiday season this year. Mm-hmm. So if ever there was a time to announce it, now would be the time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the summer would be the time. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I, I feel like there's always a lot of really good announcements coming out of E3 and people have had a lot of time to work on some projects you know that they wouldn't Mm -hmm. have normally been able to work on because of the restrictions yeah and i think e3 was just canned last year so it'll be yeah it'll be good to actually get the event this year and see what comes out of it especially with people having the extra year to prep for it and 100 percent. and we've all gotten so much more used to and comfortable with navigating like doing stuff digitally i mean you and i did a lot of Mm -hmm. stuff digitally beforehand because all of our meetings obviously happen over the internet and and 
we were streamers and all this kind of stuff. So like broadcasting stuff live for us, it was something we've been doing for a while. But for large companies and for the general public, mm. it wasn't such a thing. But now, obviously, we've gotten so much more used to doing it on a much more regular basis. And so these conventions, hopefully this year, it's not, they're going to be able to do them in a way that is so much better because the execs and the board members and all that kind of stuff, the people that don't know the tech side of stuff, are going to be so much more exposed and used to the streaming and the and the, the digital stuff that they wouldn't have been previously. And mm -hmm. so now they have a, a much more of an understanding, hopefully, of what the creative minds in the tech world can then do with with the digital streaming. And, and hopefully it won't just be like a panel where there's a camera that's filming the panel. I mean, I love panels, but like also this gives us opportunity to do so much more because you are specifically live streaming stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it gives you an opportunity to have like much more of a grand display for everyone to be able to see instead of people having to pick and choose what they go to. Here's an option to have all the content available and have it be much more accessible for people to be able to like multi-stream and check multiple things out instead of having to pick and choose and decide. Yeah, and hopefully we'll start seeing, you know, people using graphics and memes and, and you know, summaries and maybe have some commentators or something. That would be really fun. I feel like, you know, there's a lot that you could do with that that would be super fun and playful to make digital conventions really like become a thing for the future. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, how many times have you been like, oh, you know, like the, I've wanted to go to San Diego Comic-Con for so many years now. Mm -hmm. Still hasn't happened. But like right. now, <laughs> now I feel like even when we go back to the way it was before, you're still going to have to pay for tickets to go in person and stuff. But I wouldn't be surprised if they, they're still making a lot more digital content when we, when we go back to to meeting in person again and conventions being in person. Mm -hmm. It would definitely make it more accessible for people that can't go, even if they charge like just a little bit to have access to the full event instead of having to pay, you know, hundreds of dollars for tickets to those big conventions, even just, you know, 15, 20 bucks to be able to like access it and take part of it. Like but even that then, would in and of itself be worth it. If it were me, I would just stream it on Twitch and just let the tips pay for itself. People I mean, tend to be really yeah. generous when given free Oh, especially content. for stuff like that. So did you know that there is a Twitch channel set up for a fucking stoplight or a stop sign? Yeah. So I popped on that the other day because TikTok showed it to me and people are just donating left and right. They're placing bets on which car's going to run it. Oh, that's And the funny. amount of cars that run it, man. That's funny. Like... I've never been so bored, but also entertained in my life. Yeah, well, I've seen, um, like, bird boxes that have, like, GoPros attached to them set up to a Twitch channel. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I, I don't know, just, like, panoramic nice views. Mm -hmm. Where people just do it, and then they play, like, classical music in the background. Old, like, um, streams. I've seen one of, like, a creek. It's, like, a really nice creek, and it's just the sound of the water. It's like, because mm -hmm. people watch them on YouTube all the time, so why not watch one that's live and then possibly see some wildlife? Right. Yeah. And so, this last piece isn't technically news, however, I figured you would find this cool. Okay. So, All Might has officially met Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, All Might has made a cameo in the Deadpool Samurai manga. That's amazing. 
So I have yet to read this. I don't know if it's translated, but my God, I want to see it. Them being in the same universe is so amusing. And chaotic at the same time. Yep. Yeah. Like, honestly, I just want a whole spinoff of that. Like, I don't care how much you charge me. Charge me $15 for a comic volume for all I care. Yeah. Just give it to me. Like, Mm -hmm. give me a full run. Because mm-hmm. that, oh, that's just, that's amazing. That's a great time. Oh, yeah. Deadpool with anything just makes me happy. Uh, Marvel has actually announced a fully animated Deadpool series led by Ryan Reynolds. That's that's really fun. That that makes me happy. Deadpool yeah. is my spirit animal. Give me more Deadpool, please. <laughs> but that that's all the news. There, there was not a lot to talk about this week. I had to really dig for those. I mm. mean, considering I spent two minutes before we sat down to record to look. <laughs> Those were the only notable things that I could find. It's been a slow week. Yeah, well, I mean, anime world doesn't tend to move as quickly as everything else. That is true. Like, it kind of comes in waves. Yeah, yeah. However, uh, I did find out some information this week that kind of doesn't have me looking forward to next week's topic. Oh, so I want to know? Uh, I feel like you might want to beforehand, so okay. maybe we won't be as harsh on it. Okay. So... The You and I have talked about this at length before, but a standard anime episode typically takes place, on average, between two to three chapters of the manga, correct? Yes. Yeah. The last six episodes of The Promised Neverland, can you take a guess at how many chapters of manga those six episodes consisted of? Are they really rushed? Is it like six? No. What? One. Between those six episodes, they covered 140 chapters. Fucking hell. Yeah. 146, did you say? 140 chapters across six episodes. That's over like 25 to 26 episode or chapters per episode. That's baffling to me. So is it just like skipped content or is it like they've just crammed it in and we're going to be in a fever dream? I'm not 100% certain because they didn't elaborate it because, again, it was a minute-long TikTok. But they were just discussing it. And remember how I told you at the beginning whenever I started watching it that it seemed like they were kind of jumping around a little bit? Yeah. Well, at the time, they were kind of doing, you know, five to six-ish chapters per episode. Yeah. So that kind of explained that, and that also might have explained why I decided to drop it. Well, that's what my guess was, like, six chapters an episode. I was like... Mm -hmm. But no, those last six episodes covered 140 chapters, mate. Like, that's heartbreaking. Like, it, ugh. of all the shows from the winter season I decided would be a great thing for us to cover, I hear that and I'm like, I've made a mistake. Yeah. Because as good as the first season was. Like, The Promised Neverland was in our running for, like, one of our anime of the year. Yeah. Or some shit like that. Like, it was, it was up there. It was really good. And then... I don't know, because I've seen screenshots and whatnot of the show. I haven't had anything spoiled for me, and even knowing that, I don't know, because I haven't read the manga. But I'm like, holy shit, mate. Yeah, well, that makes me just really curious about about what their meetings look like, you know, whether or not they decided to just skip out on a whole load of stuff, or, well, I mean, they would have to, but... um why you know what was what was the purpose of skipping out on all that kind of stuff are are they trying to condense it do they not want to do that many more seasons are they wrapping it up this season are they you know it just it just brings about so many questions and we had so many theories coming off of the promised neverland the promised neverland was probably our most talked about 
anime in the sense that we just were like, we want to know what happens next because we had all of these plot lines that we were trying to place. Mm-hmm. More than any I don't any remember others. how many actually made it into the thing, but you and I sat for like 30 minutes and talked about it. Yeah. About like where we wanted the show to go and everything else. Yeah, and about so it's, all of the possible leads of, of tiny details that we were hypothesizing about. Mm-hmm. That I feel there like- There was so mm-hmm. much and so many places it could have gone. And now, like just from screenshots that I've seen and knowing that- like, my expectations have been lowered. Now, granted, maybe knowing that, it means I'm not going to be as harsh on it next week. Mm. However, because of the first season, I feel like I'm going to have to be harsh. Yeah, the first season raised the bar quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to be interested to see how they how they pull it off. You know, I'm, I'm, I hope that they still made a really good show and, mm-hmm. and that they managed to, to make it work with the, the lack of structure i don't know i don't know it's it's gonna be interesting to see to see what they do with it because maybe they'll pull it out of the bag and they didn't need those chapters but i also don't feel like the manga would have been as so popular if those chapters weren't needed because obviously the manga was was popular so that they made the anime right i feel like the promised neverland community is probably not too pleased oh the promised neverland community has been melting ever since the show started going that's why i discussed that like three months ago Mm -hmm. whenever i saw them start melting over how much content was missing but now that i know exactly how much content is missing fucking hell yeah i wonder if they i wonder if in like five ten years we're gonna be seeing a full metal alchemist style reboot (laughs) the promised neverland back to the farm (laughs) the promised neverland brotherhood what Oh, me. Yeah. But doing a complete 180 to second seasons that did not disappoint. Our topic for the day, ReZero, the second core. Oh, mate. Yes. So Please tell me you had as good of a time watching this as I did. I had a really good time watching this, actually. It was, um, there were some parts of it that were quite surprisingly chill i guess (laughs) compared Mm -hmm. to the first season and first half of of the second season Mm -hmm. i feel like this one was it was less confusing but that's because it was kind of answering questions as opposed to raising questions like the other ones Mm -hmm. were like they wrapped up a lot with this or Mm -hmm. they at least wrapped up a lot of questions there is a lot of places for them to go in the future like there's a lot that needs to be dealt with yeah but holy shit man i find that it's a really satisfying watch if you've seen the 1.5 of the previous content because Mm -hmm. um because yeah the the previously it's just been raising questions establishing characters establishing plot lines establishing everything the lore and there is so much lore in this show and And yet this this like established more lore like, at I the did. same time, it built upon characters that we didn't have a lot of information on, including a lot of the ones that we, ha- like, still knew fuck all about during yeah. the last episode. Yeah, and I don't know, it was a really, really satisfying watch. And if you've seen 1.5, I'm going to tell you right now, go check out the rest of the point five. <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. good. Because if you, if you have stopped watching this show at any point, if you are, like, one of the people that dropped the show during the first season, please hear me out re-zero is in my top five favorite anime of all time re-zero without a shadow of a doubt at this point is taking my slot for anime of the year this year 
Yeah. And nothing is going to change my mind. I doubt Mugen Train is going to do it. Prove me wrong, <laughs> Demon Slayer people. Yeah. But um, my God, I am just so impressed. And background before we talk about it anymore and spoil any more shit. Mm-hmm. It's White Fox. The second core aired from January through March of 2021 for a total of 12 episodes. And it picked up exactly where the second or the second season started off and ended at. Yes. Yeah, it's rated R or 17 plus. And I am going to chuck a trigger warning on episode 10 specifically if you don't want to know what the trigger warning is for because it may spoil then just skip forward a couple seconds because i'm gonna say it right now is trigger warning for sexual assault Mm -hmm. um the reason why i mentioned that one specifically is because that is a content that i don't think we've seen so far in the show and so i just wanted to include that in there because yeah it was different to what has previously been established as like what could possibly be triggering. So if you've seen the rest of it and that was fine, just bear that in mind that that is there. But it's only mentioned in that episode and it's not a huge part of the episode. It is featured for a little bit, but I won't say it's like heavily done. And if you skip through it, like you just like hit arrow <laughs> like and move through it, it won't affect the story in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a little background, I think. Also, throwing in a spoiler chicken hat after the fact, because Blue and I are idiots and forgot to record one during. So, spoiler chicken hats on now. So, first thing, Mm -hmm. we barely got the OP and ED in this part. Yeah, OP starts at episode six. And we only get it like twice. Mm -hmm. But boy, is it a banger. Yeah, it's a good one. The ED, the animation on it, is just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And I just love the mellowness of it. I learned something. I have a lot to talk about about learning things from the research <laughs> that I did about this. However, I learned some things. Okay. So the insert songs on episode three mm-hmm. for uh, whenever Amelia and Subaru had their moment. Yeah. Was done by Amelia's voice actress. Oh, okay. The insert song on episode 10 uh, with Rom was Rom's voice actress. Aww. Stay Alive, which was the ED for the second core of season one, was done by Amelia's voice actress. I like this. I like this. And then the insert song that played in episode 18 of season one during Rim's confession was done by Rim's voice actress. Yeah, see, this is great. I enjoy using voices consistently throughout. Not only that, but the songs pertain to what was going on. Like Rim confessing and giving all of that information. like or And like going on about that with Subaru. The song was about wishing and talking about their future. Mm-hmm. So there was that. Like Amelia's song was talking about all the doors that were going to open. And then Ram's song was about her loving Roswald, even though all that shit was going on. Yeah, that was a whole plot line. That was a whole plot line. Just, oh my god, man. Yeah. There was so much shit. Okay. So much stuff happened. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because so much stuff happened and I knew that so much stuff was going to happen, I did go through and bullet point some more stuff than I would normally do for this one um, uh, because it's ReZero. Like, you're getting content thrown at you 
at 100 mile an hour, even though I consider this season so much more chill than every everything that we've gotten so far, it's still like 10 times the amount of content than a normal anime. Mm-hmm. And so before we really get into it, yeah. I have a little bit more background info because I was tipped off to read the light novels. Okay. Of what happened towards the end of the first core and carry on. And so you and I discussed a little bit of this so I wouldn't blindside you Mm -hmm. with it whenever we got into the episode. So at the end of the first core, you had the witches tea party where we were fully introduced to all of the witches, Satella included. Mm -hmm. However, so it comes to find out because it was alluded that none of the witches wanted to fight Satella, but it was never explained why. Mm -hmm. Well... Satella and the Witch of Envy are two different people. Satella has some version of multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. And so the witches didn't want to fight because they didn't know which version showed up, whether it was Satella or Envy. Mm-hmm. So there's that plot line. And that was why Subaru, at the end of that scene, whenever Satella was like, I look forward to finally meeting you in the real world so you can come and kill me. And Subaru was like, no, I'm going to save you. Oh boy, that hit home reading that, man. Yeah. Because the whole time, Subaru just didn't know how to feel. Like, he was so confused. And then, not just including that, but so, I also bought the volume prior that showed Subaru's second trial. Mm-hmm. And how, uh, like, the reason why that broke him so badly. Like, Subaru's internal turmoil that he was going through during these trials, the reason it bothered him so much, was because he was fully set on he did not care what happened. Like, as long as he was the only one to suffer, he didn't care to keep dying, no matter how much it hurt. Yeah. Because he didn't, because he knew the world was resetting. Mm -hmm. And so he had it shut off to where nobody cared about him. He was expendable as long as the people that he cared about, you know, moved on. Yeah. And the reason the trial about the unbearable present broke him was because you see so many scenes, not just the one shown in the anime, but all of his deaths that go into detail of people grieving. And do you remember the first one it showed about how upset Wilhelm loses his absolute mind over Subaru killing himself? Because mm-hmm. he's like, how? How could you do this? Like, I did not see you as a coward. After everything we've been through, how could you do this? Yeah. And just repeatedly over and over again, like everyone is just grieving so much over all of his deaths and he just doesn't see it. And so that's why Satella is like, look, I love you. You need to learn how to love yourself. Like, I don't care if you use the power anymore. I don't care if you reject it. I gave you that power so you could finally learn to love yourself and want to include yourself in the people that you want to save. Mm -hmm. And it's just. I don't know, man. Like, I've spent a lot of this week in my feels over this because it's such, like, the whole story of ReZero is just a, I'm trying to think of the right term for it. It's like a character study just to see the amount of growth that happens and just, like, the toll that everything has taken on Subaru and how much he's grown as a person. Like, there's so much that goes into this that just without a shadow of a doubt, like, this doesn't hit as my favorite anime of all time, but it definitely hits as my favorite isekai of all time because I do not know of another isekai that goes this in depth and has this much just perspective and foresight into everything. 
Mm-hmm. It's a great time, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's such a good anime. This specific season, we got to see a lot of the characters that we had kind of been teased with previously. We got to see a lot more of their of their background and then characters that we thought we knew, we now got to realize that we knew nothing about them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like ReZero has consistently, from the very beginning, been one of the most, like, topsy-turvy, twist-ridden animes that I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. It's, one of the, it's definitely one that you have to pay attention to, and that is really satisfying. And this season was so nice in its conclusory manners, but it didn't wrap mm-hmm. everything up to the point where you were like, Completely satisfied, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I'm happy with the ending. However, yeah. there's still so much shit that's unresolved. Yes. That I have answers. Not only that, but so there is an OVA, the Frozen Bond, that took place before season two that I wish I had watched before this week. Mm-hmm. Because if I had realized the stuff that took place in it, we should have watched that bitch before we watched season two. Oh. However, I digress because it just alludes at a lot of the stuff that kind of happens later on in the first core and stuff that's going on now. Mm-hmm. However, it's still like it's just more background and insight and whatnot of what happened with Amelia during whenever she first woke up in the forest. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily pertain to anything, but it was still a good watch. Yeah. But just again, like just the subtle nuances of like how it like slowly introduces stuff without being overbearing Mm -hmm. except in the very beginning that's a lot to take in oh yeah (laughs) yeah the very beginning you need to stress eat while you watch uh yeah but as it progresses you know it just kind of gives you stuff bit by bit while Mm -hmm. also still giving you a really good story yeah that's kind of how i felt about this also the eyes in this core the eyes told such a story i don't know if you noticed that or not but it like, if you pay attention to the eyes and you pay attention to, like, what the people are seeing, mm-hmm. it just brings a whole new perspective mm-hmm. of storytelling that you don't see elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the animation style has slightly changed, I feel like. You can tell it's a bit more simplistic in some areas yeah. because of them working from home. Yeah. However, it's not that bad. No, no, it's definitely not worsened it's just different you know what i think a lot of it is too what they're not having to animate the city so we're not seeing as many bright colors as we're used to yeah like it's very dark a lot of this except for the forest scenes with uh like whenever we see young amelia by the way how adorable is little amelia so cute okay thoughts about amelia because i know kind of leaving off Amelia was a bit of a one-dimensional character, and we see a lot of progression of her throughout this season. And uh, I know that there was, uh, there's a certain ship war <laughs> that has been happening throughout um, this show. Mm-hmm. And Amelia's competition wasn't in this this season. No, and it, it still makes me sad, man. I I love Rim to death. Mm-hmm. Like after completely rewatching ReZero from start to finish, and especially after learning about the insert song in episode eighteen, like love mm-hmm. Rim to death. But yeah. man, like Amelia had a lot of growth, and it made me happy. Episode twenty five, that bit on the stairs, like I spit my drink. 
Because I took a <laughs> yeah, swig no. whenever she said no. that, and it was just I, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I skipped. I couldn't handle. That was too much. That was that hit my that hit my mortification meter, and I was like, no. I don't see how you couldn't find that absolutely hilarious. I I didn't I find it cringy. I thought it was just the funniest thing ever. No, I thought it was so cringe. The secondhand embarrassment on that was real. I I don't see it. Like I have to completely disagree with that because that okay. was absolutely splendid. No, I died because okay. I can believe it. Like I could that fit her character oh, yeah, to I an absolute it. I get tea. It. Like it was glorious. I think that's why I find it so embarrassing is that it's so believable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. But um, yeah, Amelia had a lot of growth and it was good to see because she was very one dimensional, very, uh, well, I think it all depends on the timeline because some of them, like she was like very blunt and to the point and then, but the current timeline path that we're on, she was just very meek and unsure about everything going on around her. And she looked a little weak until there at the end. Yeah, well, we start off episode one and she's already going through shit because Puck actually leaves her mm-hmm. this this season, which was not something that I was expecting, especially not in the way that he did. Mm-hmm. He just peaced. No yeah, explanation. Like, breaks her contract and it's over. So Amelia thinks she has to go it alone. And that's where a lot of her character growth goes through this, because I feel like this episode is going to be us talking about timelines just bit by bit. Yeah. So again, it takes place right where the first core ended off, where Amelia's done the trial for the first time, but she is still bedridden, like she's unsure and afraid. And so what Puck ends up doing is that to help Amelia complete the trial, he breaks his contract, which unseals her memories. Yes. And so to do that, like Puck just up and vanishes, like the crystal that he stays in on her neck breaks it. He's gone. And so she's Yeah, we left. also learned that Amelia was, like, frozen in ice for however long. Mm-hmm. And so... Before Roswell found her. We... And then once that happens, you know, she has a moment with Subaru, you know, while she's just down and just broken because Puck has left. And so we see, you know, her just ask Subaru, like, hey, will you stay with me until the morning and then I can face the trial? Subaru dips. For, yes. for an adorable reason, but Subaru dips. Yeah. And so you just get a setup scene where everybody's looking for her because she's just run off. Mm-hmm. And so Subaru finds her in the graveyard and that's where they have their little moment. And like Amelia just explodes on Subaru. Yeah. She's like, you're a liar. Like you, you don't care about me, all this other stuff. And Subaru's like, look, like you're a pain in the ass, but I love you. Which that whole scene was excellent. Like the way they did all of that. The story that they told, the conversation, everything fit. Like, it was awesome to see Subaru kind of have his snapback moment. Yeah, well, it was also uh, very clear that it it wasn't just Amelia directing her emotions at Subaru because of him breaking his promise. It was also, it was like her bottled up emotions because Puck broke his promise to always be by her side. Mm-hmm. And so it was like her redirecting her anger onto Subaru and it was really good to see him just like accept it deal with it and basically tell her to grow up a little bit which she Mm -hmm. needed in this in this universe yeah she did and it was like it was just phenomenal storytelling just from top to bottom and then you know once it's all said and done like she just could not get it through her head 
like yeah. why Subaru felt the way that he did. And so he's just like, look, I don't care about all that. He's like, you're a pain in the ass, but I love you. He's like, I don't love you because I believe in you. I believe in you because I love you. And that whole like flip of the script and the way that was explained, I was like, damn. Yeah. Like, that's a good line. <laughs> that's smooth. But, but yeah, also simultaneously while all of this is going on, we've also got Otto being best boy. Uh, 100% Otto, like his growth in this one. I mean, we saw his growth at the end of the season whenever he just absolutely fucking levels Subaru. Yeah, and then we get to see him beat up Subaru again in episode one. Yep. And episode two, we get his backstory. Mm-hmm, that was, it was cool to see his backstory about how, like, his ability to speak to uh, the forest creatures was explained and how he thought of it as a curse at first, but how he actually mm-hmm. managed to you know, channel it and use it. But how, since he thought it was a curse at first, like he shut it away. Yeah. And then seeing him and Ram vs. Garfield was, Mm -hmm. that was a cool fight. (laughs) That was a really cool fight. And then the fight between Subaru and Garfield, once we, you know, get through with, you know, Subaru and Amelia's conversation and, you know, subsequent kiss. Yeah. Because I'm sure you remember whenever I text you after I watched that scene. Mm-hmm. Whenever I mentioned, I was like, fuck yeah, I've waited for this for four years. Yeah. But yeah, there's a there's a, uh, a baseball anime. I'm not going to say which one because it will spoil. But if you know, you know. Um, that is has so many episodes. It went on for years and years and years. Uh-huh. The very last episode is when the, the love interest and the main character kiss. That's bullshit. Actually, yeah, it, you know what? That's not bullshit because that's a lot of romance animes and that makes me so upset. It, oh my god, it was the the last, I, th- I think it was like the last minute of the last episode. And I just remember looking at the next episode button and it disappearing mm-hmm. and me being like, no, 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 you're not, no. And you see, that is the biggest romance anime trope that just gets on my absolute nerve because you build and build especially romance animes that take place across multiple seasons you build and you build and you build to where finally the episode where the main character gets with his main love interest is always the last episode and it yeah oh it makes me so upset it's absolutely frustrating I was like, this is a baseball anime. I came here for sports and you made me feel. (laughs) But those are the best kinds. Like, whenever you're not supposed to feel and then you end up feeling and you're like, God damn it. Yeah. But, But, yeah. yeah. Also, the... We didn't have to wait that long in comparison for this one. I begged to differ. At least it wasn't the last episode. That is true. But, again, I begged to differ because I waited four and a half years for that shit. True. But, anyway, I digress. So... With all of that said and done to also the animation on that scene of like the purple and gold around them, whenever that kiss takes place, that was gorgeous. Mm-hmm, they did a great yeah. job of that. But then. Yeah, the color schemes throughout were really good. Mm-hmm. Then also that conversation of their scene to where the whole time, like where, and this is going back to the talk about where I talked about the eyes, like you see Amelia reflected back in Subaru's eyes the whole time they're having that conversation. But mm-hmm. it wasn't until right before the kiss that you finally see Subaru reflected in Amelia. So it's like she refused to look at him. Mm-hmm. And that hit me hard whenever I even first watched the episode. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, they're going deep in with the subtle yeah. storytelling on this one. 
And then so they they get finished. Subaru and Amelia step outside, and who's waiting for them but Garfield? And Garfield is pissed. Yeah, yeah. So the, Garfield's story is kind of it shows his naivety because this season we also learned that Garfield is only fourteen years old, mm-hmm. which is um a huge anime thing of like how old is this teenager? But it explains his personality. It does. Like, it he's a hormonal teenager that also has the ability to transform into a fucking giant tiger. Like, yeah. makes perfect well, sense. It explains his his very naive logic in the reason why he's trying to stop everyone from getting rid of the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in episode three here, it really it really goes into detail about that. Obviously, with with his mom and him wanting so badly to believe that his mom didn't love him so that that was why she left and and then we find out obviously that during his attempt at the trial he found out that she died as soon as she did leave Mm -hmm. and and he then didn't have to grieve her death because she hated him Mm -hmm. but of course she didn't and and he had to face that and and face his mom's death, which is is horrible for mm-hmm. a child to go through, but it explains everything. Yeah, and it's a good bit of growth for Garfield as well. But also, mm-hmm. again, in the same like situation of like whenever men fight, we're immediately over it. Subaru mm-hmm. and Garfield fight, and Subaru wins by using his newfound power of the unseen hand, mm-hmm. or what did he end up calling it? Uh, because he wanted to rename it because he didn't like the title of Unseen Hand. Yeah. Invisible Providence. Right. Yeah. I, like, I, yeah, I, I didn't even have to yeah. finish Googling that. My brain was like, that's it. Yes. So Subaru finally activates the Unseen Hand or Invisible Providence as he wanted to name it. So since Subaru has decided to completely forego his Return by Death ability, he... Gains the power of the Unseen Hand through his time in the graveyard through... I mean, he's still blaming Satella for giving it to him, even though it wasn't technically her fault. Mm-hmm. But I think she activated it within him. Yeah. Also, so another thing that was mentioned in the light novel that isn't necessarily explained in the anime, it's explained that Subaru loses his ability to complete the trial. It doesn't explain why. The light novel okay. does. So in the end of the graveyard... So... so um, Echidna offers Subaru one more chance to join her. But in the in the anime, you don't see that. But in the light novel, you do. Echidna offers him one more chance. And instead, he takes the Tella's hand and chooses her. And so that's why he loses his ability, because Echidna's petty. Yeah. I forget where I was going with that. However, I think it was during that time where Satella was like, okay, here, you also have access to this power as well. Yeah. And so Subaru having that cool power to where he's not weak, but also absolutely leveling Garfield with that was just, that was nice. Yeah. Because he's not a complete hopeless weakling now. No, and Garfield's crush on Ram is adorable. It is absolutely adorable. And also how Garfield keeps (laughs) uh, pointing at uh, his Ram and Subaru's feelings as all being one-sided is hilarious. Yes. Because yeah. he just blatantly points it out. He's like, all three of us all have one-sided crushes. And I'm like, aw. <laughs> aw. You're not aw. wrong, but yeah. aw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then into episode four, we start to learn about Amelia's mom and her childhood. 
Mm-hmm. Which, again, little Amelia, most adorable thing on the planet. 10 so out of 10, cute. best small child. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, this storyline takes up a good portion of this season. And I don't know. There's, it's actually kind of a really nice break, I feel like. Mm, the, because it, the it's where everything kind it. of chills. Because at this point, the whole first core was just go, 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 go. Yeah. So this one, everything's mellowed out, but you get a whole lot more info about characters and especially Amelia herself because you finally get to see her past. Yeah, well, she gets to see her past. Yes. Like, she's actually finally able to see her past, too, instead of being oblivious about everything that happened. Mm -hmm. And, like, you get to meet her mother figure and father figure. We finally get background on Battle Geese. Yeah. That was awesome. I appreciated that. Poor Battle mm-hmm. Geese, man. He really got the short end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, I, it's such a bittersweet storyline mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. And it, it, I don't know, it's just like, it's, it's really cute. And there are moments where you're like, ah, but then there's also this, this thing that you have about children not being informed about special powers that they have in movies, in media. Mm-hmm. Why is it that if a child has a special power, all of the adults go, let's keep it a secret? Well, I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> Season three, we better find out what's behind that fucking door. Yeah. Because if we don't, that is one thing that drove me crazy. The main thing that didn't drive me crazy is Rim still isn't back. Mm-hmm. But the second thing, that fucking door. That's going to destroy the world if it's opened. Yes. Also, I think what's behind that door is probably Satella, if I had to take a guess. Maybe. Well, because it was it was out previously, then it was locked away. Mm-hmm. And then Satella's nowhere to be seen. Key. Like, she's been gone for ages. Yeah. So, I I want to know what's behind that door. If it's Satella, that's cool as hell. If it's not, still cool as hell. What if it's the dragon? Mm-hmm. Like, the main dragon that's like the world ender dragon, or whatever. Yeah, well, how, how many of those beasts did they say that there were? So, the three beasts that Gluttony created are... The whale, the, whale. the rabbit, and the serpent. Yeah. However, remember how the world is basically run by the dragon, but the reason the kingdom is safe is because of the king, or whoever yeah. the ruler is of Lagunica. Yeah. And because of a pact they made with the dragon. So that, maybe the dragon's behind the door. Maybe Satella's behind the door. I don't know. I have a lot maybe of theories. Maybe on the dragon. Yes. How to train your dragon part. How many movies are there? Like seven? I don't know. However, Satella on a dragon. I'm game for it. I want it to be toothless now. I'm game. Why not? Yeah. Satella on toothless. I'm totally game. Also, I want to see Amelia and Satella come face to face. Mm-hmm. Just because they're both voiced by the same actress. They yeah. both look exactly the same. It keeps being alluded to that Amelia's the witch's daughter. So? So, give me all the background info. Just give it to me. I want to know these yeah. things. Also, yeah. Satella's cool as hell. Like, I don't know if we all gathered that from whenever I talked about what I read in the light novels. Satella's cool as shit. The Witch of Envy, she's a bitch. But Satella's cool as hell. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so episode five goes into stuff about before the sanctuary, but we don't actually get to find... It's kind of alluded to in episode five, and then we actually get to find out shit later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we learn about Amelia's parents' sacrifice. Episode six, we finally get the OP. I was so happy. It's a banger, man. Yeah, it's really good. So good. Just give me more. Give me more. Give also, me more. the Black Serpent. That's a scary beast, man. 
Like how yeah. its venom just rots everything, even if you're barely touched by it. Like it will destroy yeah. you. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. That's horrifying. I know. It made me sad. It uh, did make me sad. Blonde headed dude who we've only seen like twice. But he was Amelia's big brother. Oh wait, I'm sorry, three times because we see him in her uh unbearable present as well. Yeah. Even though it's not really him, this time it's a fabrication and not her just past yeah. memories. Still. So sad. Oh, very very sad. Also, can we talk about like her willingness to forego everything whenever she saw the un the unbearable present? Oh yeah. She was just like, eh. <laughs> She's like, I get it. It's sad that I can't have this life, but that's what it is. It's literally just a fabrication. And I was like, you go, girl. Yeah, yeah. Because it was such a touching moment, man. Yeah, we also find out that Amelia was the one who Elsa'd everything. Mm, Oh, yeah. I say Elsa. There is a character called Elsa in the show, but I mean Elsa the princess. Yeah, Elsa the frozen princess, not Elsa the blood-sucking vampire. We're not going to go into that. Also, the fact that we find out she's actually a vampire, and that explains her shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. And the- but still, the bowels thing. <laughs> that that doesn't make any sense. Because you would think, you know, why would she want to fillet the people open? That doesn't sound like the most effective way to get blood. Um, because it's warm and toasty, she said. Lovely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole situation. Oh yeah. Um, and Emilia passes the first trial! And then we get the background into who the Ryuzus are and Beatrice, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting a lot of Beatrice this season. Ended up with a fair amount of her, and uh, I'm not mad at it. Uh, No, Beatrice is one of my favorite characters. Beatrice is the reason I cried in that last fucking episode. Yeah. Like, there was just, oh man, it was just so touching. Like, it... It legitimately hurt my heart, like, how much I enjoyed that last episode. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about Subaru's balls when he just goes up to Roswell and he's like, surrender? Yeah, not only that, but, so, we didn't talk about this yet, but Subaru and Wa- Roswell make a bet. Yes. That Subaru is going to handle everything in this one life. Yeah. If Subaru wins, Roswell has to join them. If Subaru loses, he has to go with Roswell's will. Yeah. That's a scary thought. Yeah, and that's established in episode one. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know the stakes are high in this one. Yeah, I, it was, it kind of changed the rules again. I know we talked about that last episode, last podcast episode, about um, rules changing. But this one did it in a much better way, because <laughs> it mm-hmm. didn't just change rules randomly. This changed rules for a reason. Well, I mean, because Subaru had already said it in his mind to stop relying on Return by Death. Yes. But I think a yeah. lot of that honestly started in the first episode of the second core or the first yeah. episode of the second season whenever he realized he could not save Rim no matter how many times he reset. Yeah. So he knew he had to kind of figure it out. However, this, I believe, was Subaru's like biggest moment of character growth whenever he made a bet that he could do all this in one life. I was like, oh, okay, you go, boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I don't know. It was very difficult to digest when it happened because it's one of those things where you're like, in the back of your mind, you kind of rely on his return by death to save the characters. Mm-hmm. And because, I mean, that's the way that it's been all through season one. It's like when, when shit hits the fan, it's okay because he can just return by death. Mm-hmm. Um, but and they tease the, you yeah. so many times. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you know, 
are they going to return? Is he going to return? Is he going to return? And then he does, you know? Yeah, but to see, like, the physical toll that that takes on him, too, because you literally see him go mad in the first season. And then to finally see the repercussions of that during the last season and the more information you get in the light novels. Yeah. It, like, it kind of gives you insight as to why he doesn't want to rely on it anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, PTSD. (laughs) A major PTSD. Yeah, like, it's, it's insane. And I... And so he just, he, it was unreasonable and impossible for him to continue relying on that. But then that means that this core, if somebody dies, they die. Mm-hmm. There is no reset because Subaru isn't going to, like, he can't reset. Mm-hmm. And then so we find out in the very last it. episode just how dire losing a contract is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we... So this core was, you didn't have that safety net, which made it scarier, mm-hmm. but also so much more satisfying. Also, can we just take into account about how 25 episodes still took place in a span of three days? <laughs> yeah. But how the first core was three days multiple times, the second core was three days once. Yeah. That's a lot to happen. Also, I feel like daytime and nighttime fell more times than three, but I'm not going to be picky this time. <laughs> oh, I did spot one animation error. Oh? Yeah, uh, this is, it was a tiny thing that I was so pleased that I spotted because it's one of those things where you're just like, oh, that's like a little um, Easter egg. Oh? So in the final part of episode 12, uh-huh. last episode, mm-hmm. where Subaru and Amelia are on the balcony. Mm-hmm. Subaru has a wine glass next to him when they're facing out and you're like, you're looking at their their backs. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end where you're facing them forward and there's the mansion in the background, the wine glass has mysteriously disappeared. Maybe he just yeeted it off the balcony. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about and it was making me laugh while watching the anime. <laughs> I was like, he just was talking to Amelia being all romantic, picks up the wine glass and just yeets it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a very Subaru thing to do. Yeah, so that was making me laugh while I was watching watching a uh, supposed to be romantic scene. I was just chuckling to myself because I was imagining him just tossing the wine glass off. Of you see, I couldn't or, take like <laughs> knocking I... it off with his elbow and then mm-hmm. try to play it off cool. That's the most Subaru thing that could happen. Although, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I found that last like bit satisfying, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. Like, I don't know, like, I didn't get all gushy over it. Like, I felt like I got all my gush out in episode three with that kiss. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. else that happened, like, I was much more intrigued with the whole Beatrice stuff than anything. <clears throat> Excuse me while I choke. Yeah, don't choke. We, we, I mean, I appreciate your friendship and I don't want you to die. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the end of episode 12 was kind of more of a, a cush. It's mm-hmm. just like a big old hug to end off the season as opposed to, like, here are some emotions. I mean, I think they kind of wanted us to forget about everything else because they don't know when they're going to... Because at this point, no third season has been announced. And I think it's because White Fox is working on The Devil's a Part-Timer Season 2. Yeah. So they haven't announced anything. So I think they wanted to give us a good enough ending to where people aren't just going to be demanding a Season 3. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Brad and you want Rem to be brought back, to which case, fix it now. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll have to... Pitch a cosplay of um, Ram and Rem to the twins. Yes. You can say, you should go as Amelia and I can go as Puck. And then I was like, oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) 
I still want you to go as Dobby from Harry Potter. I think that'd be hilarious. Tall Dobby. Yeah, it's just a giant Dobby. And it would be um, so cheap. All I'd have to do is get somebody to like clay up my ears. And your nose, yeah. Yeah. That would be it. Like everything else, I just have to find a giant fucking like beige pillowcase. The bed sheet, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but where do we get to? We got to Ryuzu sacrificing herself for the sanctuary and Beatrice, Roswell, and Echidna. And, um, oh yeah, I, the, <laughs> I wrote down on, on my notes, I've never loved another woman in 400 years bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so much bullshit. But then, so, much so bullshit. Let, let's talk about this motherfucker that rolls up in the flashback with Ryuzu and... Beatrice, who, like, takes Roswell to town. Yeah, yeah, random wasn't, okay. <laughs> and he seemed young. He's literally only mentioned in that one episode, never mentioned again. Now, granted, you have Pandora, who shows up in this season, who is, who the fuck is she? Mm. Wasn't she called, like, the, like, Witch of Vanity or some shit? Oh, yes. Which yeah, means vanity. there are some witches that aren't even the Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. Which makes no sense. Also, isn't Vanity and Envy basically the close to the same shit? Mm. Well, Vanity killed Amelia's aunt. Yes. Yeah. Or technically, Betelgeese killed Amelia's aunt. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, sadness. That was so sad. Oh. Also, that makes me... One thing that isn't explained is after that, like... I really wanted to see some sort of, like, Amelia have a flashback of, like, present Petal Geese to that fight mm. and, like, wonder, like, what the fuck yeah. happened. Oh, I don't know if she's made the connection yet. But how could she not? Because she met Petal Geese in the first season and she obviously, like, uh, that should have it. connected Amelia's... after the flashback. Yeah, but Amelia is not the sharpest knife in the drawer. You right. You right. She's, she's a, you have to present it to her in a. In a plan. PowerPoint. Get your mm. stick out for Amelia to kind of understand. I love her, but she... Let's just say she's not like Sukasa being able to predict that, <laughs> that um, he made a tank. Yeah, definitely not. But we're not even going to talk about that bullshit. We got that out <laughs> last week. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, with that random motherfucker rolling up and beating Roswell within an inch of his life... Yeah. Like, that shit was wild. And then we never see or hear from him again, so that means he's probably going to show up in the third season. Yeah. Also, Sin Archbishop of Greed and Gluttony, although we see more of Greed this season, or this core, mm. we don't see Gluttony again, thank God. I want Rim back, man. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, Roswell proclaiming, I'll get there eventually, his love for his sensei in a, it seemed like, I don't know, like, obsessive mm -hmm. and unhealthy <laughs> it was a total yandere moment yeah but it was a yandere towards a like teacher figure instead of a you know senpai figure yeah also i totally thought he was gay all the way up until this point so there's that nah i, <laughs> I didn't got... i didn't think so uh, i could yeah. see it but i didn't think so like if it would have turned out that like he had something for a sin archbishop i'd have been like that's cool like i'm okay with that but it just never, like, that never crossed my mind. In my mind, he's still somewhere on the rainbow spectrum. I could see it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe he's got a thing for Subaru. I could see that, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> opposites attract. 
I, I mean, hey, he did say they were two of a kind. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I feel like I broke your brain with that You kind of did. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> Let's just say it wasn't one of my ships. Uh, it's not one of my ships either. I could see it, but it's not one of my ships. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, I'm, I'm still Team Rim all the way. Really? Even after this whole season of Amelia? Look, I love Amelia to death. The team rim because again that confession on episode 18 is still in my opinion the best confession scene of all time even though she got flat out rejected and i cried but that's what makes it a good confession scene if then all of a sudden subaru was like yeah actually i was kidding it undermines it but i mean you know it's like the what's the fucking saying from this season it's not how you start it's where you finish <laughs> team rim <Yeah>. baby <laughs> But it's also stated in the light novels that he actually loves them both. Polyamory. But in the end, only one, I think. Rem I and know. Amelia should get together. Screw Subaru. Yes. I can ship that too. Yeah. Because what the a turn of events. those girls would get up to. My, how the turntables turn. <laughs> uh, okay. So then we have Garfield. Oh yeah, Garfield could just leave the barrier the whole time. He was just like able to leave. Convenient plot hole of his dad is not a full-blooded tiger man. He is a mixed-blooded yeah. tiger man. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> that was really, that was one of those moments of like, uh-huh, you were trying to figure out how that was going to work, huh? But, I mean, I accepted it because it was never fully explained. It was just no. explained that. It was assumed, yeah. Yeah, just because fucking, what's her face? Fred. Yeah, Frederica could do it, therefore it's like, Garfield can probably do it, too. Mm -hmm. But then you find out he actually can, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then, uh, so, with them having confronted Roswell and Amelia completing the first trial, Subaru, with Garfield and Otto, set off to the mansion to take care of that and leave Amelia behind to finish taking care of the trial, and hopefully they can get back before the rabbit gets there. Yeah, and Ram has been asked to watch over Amelia, and then in turn she asks Amelia to save Roswell. Mm-hmm. And so cut to the mansion and the shenanigans begin. Yeah. Oh, we also do see Puck and Ram versus Roswell. It's, like, established in episode 8, but it doesn't actually happen until later. I think it's episode 10 is when that happens, yeah. right? And then we get a sibling reunion yeah. over the Battle Hunter. That was, a, like, that was kind of a touching moment until they're like, oh shit, we gotta fight this bitch. Yeah, so I did some quick maths uh -huh. um, about this because they had been separated for 10 years uh -huh. and Garfield is 14. So uh -huh. he was four when Fred left. Uh-huh. Which meant that his moment of being like, I got my strength because I was running through the forest with you, Fred, was him as a four-year-old. But I mean... <laughs> Three years old, running through the forest. Yeah, that's not how you got your strength. It might be mentally how you got your strength, but physically, nah. Look, man, it's a lot of mental fortitude, anime bullshit, and also he's half Beast Man, or like quarter Beast Man. Mm-hmm. So, through the power of anime bullshit, it works. <laughs> yeah. I put Fred at, like, 19. I was gonna say, like, 19 or 20. Yeah, that's kind of where I had her as well, being, like, 9 or 10 when she left. Yeah. I mean, judging by, you know, human being size, at you know, whenever all that happened, I could see it. 
But then again, you can't go off a of human being size whenever, you know, you have shows like Your Lie in April that, like, fucks up people sizing. Yeah, uh, just anime in general. It's like, oh, yeah, this is your main hero. And you're like, oh, cool, he is a high schooler. And it's like, oh, no, he's in his first year of middle school. And then you have a lolly over there that's a thousand years old. Yeah, like, uh, um, uh, freaking Ryuzu. Fantastic or Beatrice. example. <laughs> yeah, or Beatrice, yeah. Uh, she's a spirit, so, well, I mean, Ryuzu is... Yeah, they're, what they're is all Ryuzu? spirits. She's a spirit? Yeah. Uh-huh. But she is... Because I think the original Ryuzu was a spirit, but then the Ryuzus that we know are clones of spirits. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense, because why would you want to clone a spirit? Why not just make more spirits? I don't know. This is getting too big brain. (laughs) Too big brain. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so then in episode nine, we have the mansion fight. And boy, oh boy, is it a good fight. Like, this is where you kind of start, like, chewing on your fingernails over who's gonna die. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool to see Gafio be like, hey, step back, Fred, I got this. Um, and Fred be like, you're so tiny. And him be like, you're so big. Uh, <laughs> that made me laugh. It was good chuckles. Um, it was good chuckles. Also, can we just talk about having a hippo just smoosh? Oh my god, yeah, he just twisted the head off it. Yep. And then frickin' then it became a, a pancake. It, well, it pancaked. Elsa got pancaked. Yeah, Elsa got pancaked real hard. Also, we still don't know if this bitch is dead or not. No, yeah, because she regenerates, but she was bleeding when- Because he just bit a chunk out of her. I mean, yeah, he did bite out her carotid artery. Yeah. However, and she did get smooshed by a giant hippo about the size of the mansion. Also, the can we talk? Hippo. Yeah, can we talk about the strength of this fourteen-year-old beast child? Yeah, yeah, he lifted a giant headless hippo. Also, can we talk about how that hippo will never be able to play Hungry Hungry Hippo again? No, he doesn't have a head. No more. It got not- twisted up. I can't get over this. He just <laughs> twisted it like a freaking bottle of water you just took the lid off (laughs) (laughs) you're right also the mansion is set on fire because while they were trying to deal with the giant mall beast dog otto got the bright idea he sacrificed his good oil he did however otto got the bright idea of while there are candles and everything else going on to yeet oil at it yeah. Thinking that it would just burn the mall beast, not thinking that it would also get on everything else around it whenever you bust a jar of oil. Mm-hmm. Burns and then while this the is all happening down. as well, um, the villagers also proclaim, proclaim their support for Amelia after mm-hmm. she passes the second trial. And then in episode, that was in episode nine, and then in episode ten, she passes the third trial as well. So those trials happen pretty quick. And then episode ten also takes place. With the fight between Ram, Puck, and... Roswell. Roswell. Mm-hmm. And... Ram destroys the book. Yeah, Ram destroys the Tome of Wisdom, which causes Roswell to snap, and what we assume, by the way the episode ends, Roswell killing her. Yes, yeah, I put possibly dies, question mark, in my notes. But no, no, no. one can die during this core, because there's no resets. Yeah. Which then, is why I put possibly in there, yeah. because I was like, probably not. But yeah, Elsa gets popped like a grape. Oh my god, that then... was gross. 
And then yeah, Subaru, while all this is going on, Subaru is desperately trying to hunt down Beatrice, and Beatrice just keeps rejecting his ass. Yeah, well, because he's a big idiot that stuck his foot in his mouth. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Subaru did the right thing with what yes. he was doing, because mm-hmm. Beatrice was the whole time just telling him every time he showed up, she's like, just tell me that you're that person and I will go with you. And he's like, no, because I'm not that person. She's like, fine, get the fuck out and yeets him out by her magical force abilities. Mm-hmm. And so Subaru pulls an Elsa and just starts yeeting open all the doors until he finds her until he's out of options. Yes. And then he remembers the time whenever he went to the basement in the first season and got turned into a popsicle. Yeah. But he still manages to persevere into the final room at the Forbidden Library, and they finally have their nice little moment. Yes. And uh, Amelia gets Puck back, kind of. Yeah, for a moment. Yeah, Roswell is a mopey bitch. Roswell is a very mopey bitch because he is very conflicted about everything. We find out that the Roswell of today is also the Roswell of 400 years ago. He has managed the... Uh, version of cloning, but instead of like actually cloning himself, he's just passing his soul off from one to another. Yes. So Roswell's and... a very mopey bitch. However, we also find out the reason Ram has been by Roswell's side the whole time is because Roswell is part of the witch's cult that, you know, destroyed her and Rim's home, so therefore mm-hmm. she wants revenge and she swore revenge from the very beginning to kill his ass. Yeah. But, but along the way, fell she in fell in love. Yep. What? <laughs> what is love? What? What is love? Maybe don't hurt me. Okay, you actually did it. I was going to be very disappointed if you didn't go along with that. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so finally, Subaru and Beatrice have a moment of where, like, he finally is just like, look, I can't be that person. And I don't give a shit if I'm not going to live forever. He's like, look, you're a spirit. You're going to live forever. And I realize that I'm not going to. So obviously I cannot be that person for you. But fuck that person that is not going. Like, you don't know who they are. You don't know if you're ever going to meet them. Stop dealing in uncertainties. I'm here. I'm here right now. So let's like, let's just make memories together for what time I have. He's mm-hmm. like, just take my hand, and so they clasp hands, and then they shoot off into the air, like some fucking Saiyans flying through the air in Dragon Ball, and it was sweet. You finally get Beatrice calling Subaru by his name. That was adorable. That was lovely. Mm-hmm. I cried. It was such a touching moment, man. Yeah, I didn't cry, but it was sweet. And yeah, Roswell, Ros- blah, blah, blah. Roswell's huge mopey bitch. Um, and he's also super lost because, of course, he's been following his book step by step for 400 years. And then all of a sudden he ain't got no book to tell him what to do. And he's got a dying ram in his arms. And so he's just sitting there in the snow, healing her, crying and being real sorry for himself. And I, in that moment, I it was one of those moments where I'm just like, suck it up, you know? <laughs> And not only that, but the episode ends, or episode 11 ends, with the white rabbit closing in on the graveyard, and Roswell being lost on the steps, and Amelia finally confronting the final trial, and doing it, and completing it, but the rabbit is there, the rabbit is ready to nom, and Roswell is fucking out of it. Mm -hmm. 
But again, thanks to Beatrice and Subaru magically flying in through the air through Beatrice's magic powers, they arrive at the end of episode 11, and you know, episode 12, you get the final showdown with the rock, the, with the rock, god damn it. <laughs> with the great rabbit. the white rabbit. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's Beatrice versus the were-rabbit. I've been calling it the were-rabbit this whole time because I can't get Monty Python out of my head. I know we spoke <laughs> about it during the first core. Uh-huh. How this just tickles me pink because of because of that freaking rabbit with big pointy teeth from Monty Python. Here's the thing: just... every YouTube video I have watched about ReZero, just about that scene, because I wanted to see if I could find any more lore about the Great Beast. Everybody has referred to the White Rabbit as the Were Rabbit, yeah, and just how the creators of this are obviously a Monty Python fan. And I'm like, yeah. yes, I. I am greatly amused that the whole community has just jumped on this just to be like, yeah, it's it's the rabbit with the big pointy teeth. Um, and it makes me laugh a lot. But yeah, so it's Beatrice versus the were-rabbit. Well, Beatrice kind of gives some of her power to Subaru to be able to, like, use. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they basically just make a rabbit pen and Amelia elevates it. And then Beatrice just yeets it. <laughs> Like, yeets it into the Shadow Rim, but also, like, turns it into a, um, like, turns it into a dark zone to where the rabbit gets confused and just starts nomming on itself. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that's, that's real big brain. That's real smart. Like, how to get rid of it. There you go. Yeah. But then also seeing Beatrice just constantly have to hold Subaru's hand. It's absolutely adorable and hilarious. And that little scene where um, at the end where Subaru picks her up and is spinning her around. Mm-hmm. Is so like cute. how she's just flustered over it. Like she doesn't know how to respond. Oh, it's so, so cute. And the villagers finally being on Amelia's side, finally being with all of them. It's, I don't know, it's just a really nice moment. And then, before the scene of Subaru being knighted, Subaru and Amelia have a sit-down outside of the graveyard, and they have a little chit-chat that Blue had to skip for some reason. I don't see why. It was absolutely fucking hilarious. So, Amelia was like, look, we we have to talk about what happened before you left, and Subaru's like, uh, 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 what? (laughs) And she was like, so, what what do we, what do we? What are we gonna do about uh, the baby? I'm pregnant. Uh, Super was like, wait, what? <laughs> then she's like, yeah, from the from the kiss. That's how uh, babies get born. And Super was like, God damn it, Puck. I, I don't understand how you don't find this embarrassing. Like this it's is hilarious. So like it's so funny because it's the most Amelia thing possible. It's like, so if, embarrassing. If any other character had done it, I would have find I would have found it absolutely embarrassing. But because it was Amelia and it fit her character to a T because of how innocent she is, it was absolutely hilarious. No, no, couldn't do Not embarrassing but- in the slightest. I watched this scene twice. I literally finished the show a week ago and rewatched all 50 episodes this week. Not a uh, bit of that was embarrassing. Yes, it was. It was awful. It was so It was bad. not. Like, but you, also, you can have we... lost your mind. Distraction methods. Can we talk about Beatrice slapping Roswell with a shoe? Yes. And so, once all that is said and done, you get, like, a pseudo-interrogation scene of all of them just, like, just slapping the shit out of Roswell. Yeah, before that, we though, there was a scene with Beatrice and Roswell at the grave. 
where they were talking about, this is when Beatrice actually finds out that Roswell is the original Roswell and mm-hmm. she slaps him with a shoe. Yep. And then later on, there's a scene with all of them together beating the shit out of Roswell. Oh yeah, like they take some punches. Otto beats the fuck out of him. Yeah. Oh, and then can we talk about the scene whenever Subaru and Garfield were fighting and Garfield just throws a haymaker and Subaru just no-sells it. Not only does he no-sells it, he spits out a tooth and smiles. Yep, yep. Before he uses Invisible Providence, like, this man took a, like, haymaker from a beast child. The beast child that lifted a headless hippo. Yes. Without being transformed, left a headless hippo. And, like, takes a punch and just spits out a tooth. Like, damn. Yeah. But then also there is that argument that um, Garfield wasn't going all out because he liked Subaru and didn't want to go all out. And so it was like a um, like a mental restriction on his strength. Well, so it's explained in the light novel that the reason Garfield uses his beast mode is because he loses his humanity. And mm-hmm. all he knows to do is fight. Because if he goes into his beast mode, he doesn't have to feel bad about what he's doing. Yeah, he like wolfs out. Yeah, exactly. But except he's he's a so yeah, you get the tigers out. (laughs) Yes, it doesn't work as well, does it? (laughs) No. Also, just the fact I started calling it beast mode humors me. Beast mode. (laughs) But then yeah, you have the scene of all of them just taking turns beating the shit out of Roswell, and then Amelia is just like everybody is like ready, like they've already said, like they're ready to move on, and Amelia steps up and she's like, no, after all of this. Roswell, you still need to apologize. Yeah, you haven't done the most important thing yet. You haven't said you're sorry. Uh, And then we also learn about Roswell's oath seal. And this is where we finally get to learn the repercussions of the bet. So Roswell, on the pain of death, we assume, or some sort of, like, great tragedy that could... It's either his death, or I think he goes to, like, purgatory or some shit. Mm. If he... Tends to dust. Yeah. Like, he is absolutely obliterated if he breaks his promise to stay on their side from this point forward. Like, he cannot double-cross them at all. Yeah. And he's got, like, a full Metal Alchemist-style seal on his chest. Yep. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, if he backs, if he injures, I think that's what it is specifically, if he hurts anybody in that room. Mm. Or I think if it's any ally of Subaru. Sure, yeah. Per their agreement. Yeah. Um, Some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then you get a scene at the, like, Roswell's cousins, because they couldn't use the mansion, because obviously it burned to the ground. Mm-hmm. I hope they rebuild it as, like, a shack. It's like, God, I hope it's a shack. That would be hilarious. Anyway, that's just me yeah. bullshitting at this point. But so you get a scene, and you get to see Subaru being knighted by Amelia, and then you see a conversation between Amelia and Subaru, and they're like, look, once this ceremony's over and all that, we need to talk. And we don't get the talk. No, yeah. Uh, also, there's a moment before Subaru is knighted where Roswell and Subaru have a quick chat where Roswell basically says that his mission isn't over. He's still trying to resurrect his teacher, but he's now going to do it by basically watching Subaru and seeing how he, do- he does his shit. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, then there's then there's the balcony scene with the magically disappearing glass. Yep, which is weird because I didn't notice that in particular, but I did notice something was missing. Yeah, like something about that, like, second scene, like, threw me for a loop, but I couldn't figure out what it was. So I'm glad you pointed out it was the wine glass because that puts my heart at ease. Yeah. Because I remember watch watching it, it both times through and thinking, 
something is off here, but I like, I didn't difference. notice what it was. So that yeah. explains it. That's what that is. That puts my heart at ease. Mm-hmm. It was one of those moments where I watched it and I was like, yes, I spotted it, you know? <laughs> you noticed it before I did. All I noticed was something was off. Yeah, yeah. So no. 10 points to Slytherin. Well, because I remember them, they, they had a conversation on the balcony where Amelia was like, are you drunk? And Subaru was like, no, I'm not drunk. And that's when I spotted the wine glass because they were talking about, because Subaru was like, I don't drink. And then they were mm-hmm. joking about that. And yeah. then, and so then I was looking at the wine glass to try to see what was in it. And there was nothing in it. It was empty glass. And then it was and gone. Then, um, and then it was gone. And I was like, where'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was laughing to myself because of imagining him like knocking it off and then being like, uh, yeah. So that conversation that we were going to have, Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> and then can we talk about Amelia picking up Subaru's mannerisms whenever she meets Echidna? Yeah. I love that. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, the promise of the, the tea party in the future was, mm-hmm. was cute. It was. Because it's like Amelia grew on Echidna, just like Amelia grew on all of us. Yeah. She's like a mold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not really. Like, Amelia was great this season. Like, I can I can definitely ship her with Subaru more now. Mm-hmm. But that's mainly because, you know, it, who's that mate again? <laughs> yeah. It's like the yeah, oldest... Well- trope in anime right now it's just saying who's rim yeah well i mean it was kind of the opposite previously wasn't it where we had amelia kind of away for a good chunk of time and subaru was pining over this girl that wasn't in the anime and we had rem and then now it's the opposite you know i mean we've because we saw rim grow in the first Mm -hmm. season while amelia was still very one-dimensional yes but still i know a lot of people that watched it from the first season on and they were team amelia the whole way through and i get it because that's who the main character is going to be with so i mean of course it makes sense because that's obviously the given path so of course that's where it's going to go and you have to admit that she made a very striking first impression uh you could say super got the point from their first meeting (laughs) yeah but yeah, <laughs> we're, we're being idiots. Yep, yep. <laughs> What's new? Uh, yeah, that's so, it though. That's a wrap. So with all that being said and done, what do you rate it? Ooh, I think I had a, I'm going to give it a nine. Really? Yeah, I don't know. I had a really good time watching it. It was chill. It was fun. I kept my ADHD at bay, which is great. Love that. Wanted more OP and ED. <laughs> Which is rare for me to say. It's me. I can agree. Yeah. Like, I, I, wanted- I definitely wanted more OP and ED, but the OP and ED were bangers. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Also, the reason they waited so late on the OP was because it would have spoiled things, mm-hmm. which I can appreciate because how many times have we watched OPs and EDs that have spoiled shit about the animes that they're a part of from episode one on? Counterpoint. ReZero has a history of playing OPs without showing OPs. Which is fine, because I appreciate the music backing, especially throughout this core of how it's used prior OPs and EDs at very tasteful moments. Mm -hmm. Like, they perfectly fit what was going on to which I was like, fuck yes. Like, that is excellent reuse of stuff. It's not like Dr. Stone where on the last episode of the second core, they bring back the original OP from the first core. Like, no. Like, they keep doing it, but it's at ideal moments to where you're like, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Food Wars did that really well as well. It did. And I just love throwbacks like that. And so the fact yeah. that it's already including it, but including it at perfect times, 
Like, it just goes to show the amount of thought and effort that White Fox is going into to where, like, it's just, again, like, ReZero is unlike any isekai that I have ever watched and probably will ever watch. Oh, that's, so, that was my one point. Um, the scene where Roswell got beat the shit out of and then was, like, going to apologize, there was a lot of time where he was talking and he was explaining himself and, like, it was supposed to be emotional, but his face was really swollen. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't take him seriously. <laughs> Anime trope. Yeah. But again, we had already been apologizes. through like all of the serious stuff at that point, though. Yeah. I don't know, though. I feel like it was still supposed to be kind of more of a serious moment. Like, the jokes were kind of done for a bit, then it was serious, and then the jokes picked back up again. And I feel like because they took away his swelling when he specifically apologized, you see him bow, I feel like they should have taken away his swelling when they were discussing the seal as well in my personal opinion because i was just giggling at his swollen face the whole time and wasn't really paying attention to the words that he was saying uh, maybe that's just me i have a bad attention span we all know this um <laughs> i mean i but, don't like even though it was a very serious conversation like it still wasn't necessarily like i don't think it was detracting from it by having his face swollen or anything yeah. like that because that sort of quick healing out of a wizard like he's not elsa although he is like a grand wizard or some shit like, yeah, but then he's still they, not then they a vampire. took it away for the bow, which is why I'm like, if you're going to take more it away time for healing, me, you know? It was like three seconds. Also harder to animate at that angle. Well, I feel job, like they should have... Job, job, job. <laughs> <laughs> they should have taken it away from the serious part or kept it all the way through. That was my point because I found it distracting because I have ADHD and I was like, his face is swollen and all I could think about for the entire time was that his face was swollen until it wasn't swollen anymore and then all I could think about was the fact that it wasn't swollen anymore when I should have been paying attention to the episode. So, that's my point. (laughs) See, all I can sit here and think is that if we actually sat down and recorded this in a studio together, you would probably just be chucking shit at me. I would have been. I would have just thrown (laughs) pillows and stuffies and plushes and pop figurines they're kind of a bit hard though i probably wouldn't throw those i'd throw those around you <laughs> just to scare me just, just to, to deter me you. it's a deterrent <laughs> it's a deterrent yeah oh man do i do i even need to announce my score on this one no it's 10 out of 10 oh 100 percent yeah <laughs> it's just i don't i i have no faults with this like it like there's a reason it sits at the top of Your my I haven't had water in a minute, so that's probably it. My throat's dry. I've talked a lot this episode. Look at me go. Look at you go. But, I mean, it sits at the top of my isekai pedestal for a reason, and it's just because it, like, it keeps you invested. Like, there was not a single point in this where I lost focus on Mm. anything. Like, I believed everything that was going on. I rooted for Subaru from the very beginning. Character growth is, again, my biggest like point in anything like good character development is the key to a perfect story in my opinion and this just continues to grow and i'm still wanting more like i'm not tired of re-zero no matter how many times i've watched it through from beginning to end at this point mm-hmm. and it made me want to learn more to the point to where i've bought like five volumes of the light novel so without a doubt 10 out of 10 yeah Good. I'm glad. I'm glad you got a good watch. But I think I think that wraps up everything I got. Yeah, I ain't got nothing more to say. All right. So, you can find the absolutely lovely Blue Lavender 
on Twitch. She does not stream right now. She may end that hiatus one day. Who knows? But you can find her there at twitch.tv forward slash blue lavender. She's also on Twitter and Instagram at Blue Lavender STM, where you can find art updates, life updates, stuff like that. Also, she has an Instagram for her dog Tilly at the best Tilly Bean. If you like doggo photos, look there because Bean is the best Bean, and also so stinking adorable. <laughs> yeah, and if you like Brad, you can find him on Twitch. He streams regularly at Brad Carter Gaming. You can also find him on Instagram under the same handle. He also handles our Instagram and Twitter and social medias and stuff for the podcast at BNB Anime on all of the platforms. We're nice and consistent. And um, you can also find out more information about the podcast behind the scenes, information about Brad and I, links to our IMDb, and also links to your favorite listening platform where you can download all of the episodes on our website at www.bnbanime.com. We also have a YouTube channel at BNB Anime as well, where we've got some fun stuff coming. We've also got all of our previously archived episodes, some fancy dancy thumbnails, and a great comment section, which is it's completely exclusive to our YouTube channel, apparently. Where um you can you can drop your answers to any questions that we ask throughout episodes, also your opinions on our opinions, and whether or not you think we got something completely wrong. Because, like I said many times before, we are just two idiots that like watching anime. We don't have any qualifications in this, and we love to hear your guys' thoughts and feedback on our podcast and on our discussions of the animes that we cover. Also, drop us some suggestions of animes that you want us to cover in the future. We've had quite a few recently, and some good feedback on on um, uh, future on episodes that we've already done. And and I don't know, we're getting picking up on numbers and stuff, and it's it's good to see. And we love hearing from you guys. So so keep that up. Yeah, that everything. That's everything. So thank you all so much for listening. Blue and I greatly appreciate it. Next week, The Promised Neverland season two. Will we be disappointed? Will our brains hurt because of the amount of stuff that is skipped over? What's going to happen to the children? Also, what happened to Phil? I just want more Phil. That's what I need more time of. I don't know what happened to Phil up to this point from where I watched before I dropped it. You need to be filled in. Exactly. (laughs) Also, show yourself to Prickles. You deserve to go to the Cactus Corner for that one. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Also, the amount of people that I'm slowly telling about the Cactus Quarter because I've been networking more on Twitch is absolutely hilarious, and people still absolutely love the Prickles emote. Good. I'm glad. I um, find it absolutely hilarious that this is becoming, like, a thing. It's... And if you're being a prick, you go to the Cactus Corner. Exactly. Because the adorable prick waits for no one. <laughs> Oh god, that handle is oh god, it makes that me that is my so biggest much. stroke of genius. Like, forget like you and I talking about a podcast. Forget me even streaming at this point. My biggest stroke of genius is at the adorable prick. Yeah, in like eighty years on your gravestone, it'll say creator of the adorable prick. Honestly, if it doesn't, I'm gonna be so upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, graffiti it on. If that happens, I'll go there and graffiti it on. Yes, please. Please, 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 please. (laughs) But yeah, The Promised Neverland, we'll get to that. We'll cover all 12 episodes of that next week. Give our thoughts and opinions on it. All that fun stuff. But until then, we'll catch y'all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.